I want to talk to you today about this word, give. And the Father who gave incredibly, have you ever stopped to think that it wasn't just the sacrifice of Jesus, but wouldn't you rather take the pain than see your son take the pain? Or your daughter? That he would make that sacrifice to send his son down. Why did he have to make a sacrifice? What's that all about? Luke 2.8 says this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified, and wouldn't you have been? But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Verse 11 says, a Savior has been born. That means he came to save us from something. What was the something? The Bible tells us in Romans 3.23 that all of us have sinned. And we're not good enough for God's glory. And all need to be made right with God by His grace, which is a free gift. They need to be made free from sin through Jesus Christ. Adam and Eve were in the garden in a perfect situation, walking in fellowship with God the Father. They could do anything they wanted and everything was perfect, but the one thing that He asked them not to do, to eat from that forbidden fruit, they did it. And they sinned against a holy God who'd only done good and loved them. And that sin, it's, it's hard to comprehend, but when you think of sin as horrible, right? When you think of the sin we've seen in our country and the pain we've seen this week and how horrible it is, you can understand why God doesn't like sin. And he can't cohabitate it because he's full of love and he's holy. And he will not let it come into his presence. And now he has this incredible dilemma that the creation that he's made, that he loves so much, is separated from him because of sin. How could he reunite them? It's the greatest love story ever told. It's the story of the greatest gift that's ever come. He sent his son Jesus Christ to be a ransom for our sin. Since sin must be punished and it, and it has to be done justly, you can't just let it pass by. He sent Jesus to walk this earth, to live a perfect life, to spend three years of ministry, giving himself, doing miracles, to die on a cross. And when he died on that cross, the lashes on his back, the crown upon his brow, the nails in his hands and feet, that was the punishment for sin. And it wasn't his sin because the Bible said he never sinned. It was for our sin. The wrath of God against sin that is so painful, sin causes so much damage, fell on Jesus so it wouldn't fall on us. That is the greatest gift that's ever been given. Will you take it? Sometimes we think we're good enough. I don't really need grace and I don't need God. I'll get to heaven because I'm good enough. But the Bible says that we must receive Jesus Christ, that all of us have sinned. I came across a song. As a matter of fact, I heard my wife singing this song this week. And I said, you're kidding me. I've never heard that. It was written in the 50s. And it kind of explains the sin nature of man. Let me read it to you. It's called Nuttin' for Christmas. (laughs) Picture Karen singing this to me at home. That's where Candace and Aaron got it. It was from Karen, just so you know. (laughs) I broke my bat on Johnny's head. Somebody snitched on me. I hit a frog in sister's bed. Somebody snitched on me. I spilled some ink on mommy's rug. I made Tommy eat a bug. Bought bought some gum with a penny slug. Somebody snitched on me. Oh, I'm getting nothing for Christmas. Mommy and daddy are mad. I'm getting nothing for Christmas because I ain't nothing but bad. 
I put a tack on teacher's chair. Somebody snitched on me. I tied a knot in Susie's hair. Somebody snitched on me. I did a dance on mommy's plants, climbed a tree and tore my pants, filled the sugar bowl with ants. Somebody snitched on me. So I'm getting nothing for Christmas. Mommy and daddy are mad. I'm getting nothing for Christmas because I ain't been nothing but bad. I won't be seeing Santa Claus because somebody snitched on me. He won't come visit me because somebody snitched on me. Next year, I'll be going straight. Next year, I'll be good. Just wait. I'd start now, but it's too late. Somebody snitched on me, so you better be good, whatever you do, because if you're bad, I'm warning you, you'll get nothing for Christmas. Well, the truth is, we can see sin nature there, can't we? And the truth is this, no matter how good you are, you are not good enough. You can't get there on your own. You need the grace of God to cover you and your life. And this, this gift, what's the thing about a gift? It doesn't become yours until what? Until you receive it and you take it. Some of you here today have never done that. But I promise you that the same God who's forgiven me of my sin and forgiven everyone here who knows him of their sin. You, you come into a place like this and you think, Those, these people are perfect. They don't know what it is to have trouble and sorrow and to have made mistakes. And I've been bad. And I, Hey, all of us have been that way. None of us could get there on our own. But the free gift of God, the grace of God through Jesus Christ is now ours. When it comes to this amazing gift, you can't make yourself good enough. You can't earn it with your behavior. You can only take the free gift of his grace offered through Jesus Christ. And here's what it says in Ephesians 2. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works so no one can boast. This holiday season, I want you to Realize and understand the urgency of receiving Jesus Christ and the urgency of sharing Jesus Christ. The tragedies we've seen in our nation this year are, are heartbreaking, this week, I should say. The shootings at Clackamas Town Center, where we all shop. Evil walked through the door at the food court where I was there just a couple days before. Two innocent people were shot down many others wounded. Fear grips the heart of people in our community now. How many of you went to the mall this week and thought about the shooting when you were there? Just raise your hand. All right, a number of you. And then when we think of Newtown, Connecticut, 27 people dead at Sandy Hook Elementary School. 20 children who are six and seven years old. The Bible tells us in John 10.10 that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And I don't doubt that there's psychological issues with these men who did this, but I want to tell you something that the media won't tell you. It's a spiritual issue in America. If there's a God, then there's a devil. Jesus cast out demons six times in the New Testament. That's something to think about, you know. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But the word says, this is the words of Jesus Christ, John 10, 10, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Two thoughts as I read that scripture. First, we must receive him in our lifetime. Once our breath is gone, it's too late. The Bible says in one place, today is the day of salvation. Don't wait until tomorrow. 
because we don't know what's going to happen. Look what it says in James 4.14 about life. But you do not know what will happen tomorrow. Your life is a mist. You can see it for a short time, but it's gone away. We don't know when our time will be up. Now is the day of salvation. Second thought, as I think of what's happened this week, we, we must tell people about Jesus. We must. And just to be honest with you, most of your coworkers won't walk into this church or a church without you loving them and giving them an invitation, building a relationship and caring for them. And then they might. They might come. But did you know when you speak the words of the scripture and the truth of God and when you tell your testimony about how, what Jesus has done for you, the Holy Spirit attends that. And words that would normally roll off aren't those kind of words anymore because it's the gospel, it's the good news and the Holy Spirit takes that into the hearts of your friends and family members and coworkers and neighbors. And when they lay their head down at night, I promise you this is true, it's true, it's true. They hear those scriptures coming back into their hearts and head and their mind. They hear those words about how Jesus set you free. And they begin to wonder, could it be true? And then they start to hope that it would be true. And then there may come a day, because the good news is shared, that they receive it because it is true. Romans 10, 14 says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? This is why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. That's great news for me. God says that my feet are beautiful because I'm bringing good news this morning, which is pretty cool because I have the ugliest feet in the world. My wife, sweet little Karen, calls me Hobbit Foot. I am not kidding you. It's very appropriate this week with the release of that new movie. Bilbo Baggins has nothing on me. Wide, hairy, gnarly toenails. That's Stan Russell's feet. Except for Jesus says today, because the message comes forth, my feet are beautiful. And it's not just me. When you share the words with your loved ones, God wants you to know how much he loves that. He wants you to know how beautiful you are to him and how precious you are when you get it. That the breath of life will someday leave them and unless they know, they will not accept Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.20, so we are Christ ambassadors. That's you and me, Christ ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. Is he? Yes, he wants to. We speak for Christ when we plead. Now, this isn't just a casual witness, evidently. Come back to God. As I think of America and understand that other nations are sending missionaries to us now, that, that Christ is no longer the first look, Christianity is no longer the first look at religion in our nation, that the founding uh, principles of our nation, founded upon God the Father and Jesus Christ the Son, uh, we're leaving that. And when we look at moments like have happened this week, we might, if we're not careful, say, God, where are you? But why don't we ever think about this? Before these things happen, God is saying to us, where are you? Come back to me. God wants a nation to come back to him. It's wonderful that the churches are full in Connecticut. 
but it's terrible that these tragedies have happened. And I want to stop and pray for Connecticut and, and those family members and the people who lost family members here this week because God is near to the brokenhearted, the Bible says. Can we pray for them? I think it's appropriate today. Father, we come to you, Lord, two precious people lost right here in one of our malls nearby. They have family members and children and mom and dad and Lord, you love them so much and God, you love those families and I just pray that you would be compassionate and touch and heal the broken hearts. Lord, I pray for mom and dad just a couple days after their children were slaughtered in senseless violence. Lord, would you make yourself near to them? Would you bring peace and comfort them? Would you let them know you love them and you long to draw them near to yourself? Amen. It says this in John 3.16, for God so loved the world he gave. Back to the gift now. He really did give. How hard would it be to give your own son? He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. 